This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for joining me for another episode. Always great to have uh, everybody still listening here, still publishing four podcast episodes per week. So check them out over on ctrap.online forward slash podcast. That is a lowercase p. Uh, we're live here today on uh, just looking over here, Periscope, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitch. Uh, not quite sure, quite frankly, that I belong on Twitch. I'll be quite honest with you guys. But here's the reason why we're trying it, because my friends over at Switcher Studio said you should try it. And I listened to them. We obviously are using Switcher Studio to produce this. Uh, if you want to use Trap One, you can have one month off and then restream to push it to all those different channels. So that's very interesting uh, and looks like people are already tuning in. So always exciting to see that. If you have questions as we move along, please feel free to do that. Today's guest, we're going to talk about the Marketing Rebellion. That's Mark Schaefer's new book. And uh, Mark, of course, has been around a long time. I've been following him forever and ever. Uh, Mark does anything. I say, well, maybe I should do that too. There was even a time when I wore Mark's t-shirt, Content Shock, uh, wore that and then I gained some weight and then my doctor told me I got to lose weight. So we don't have to go down that road. Mark, how's it going today? Well, this is the first time I've been introduced by saying that Mark's been around forever and ever, (laughs) but uh, okay. All right. Christoph, former friend, Christoph Trapp. (laughs) Former friend. It was it was just an indication of your knowledge and wisdom, um, okay. not a reference to anybody's. I age. choose to believe that. Well, thank you. Plus, I don't want to tell anybody how old I am. Um, you can see, you know, losing all my hair. Um, anyway, Mark, thanks for joining me. I mean, certainly my pleasure to have you on the show. Been following your work for a long time, um, and you know, so yeah, glad to have you. The latest book, um, Marketing Rebellion. Tell us about it. What's going on? What prompted you to write it? And, um, you know, what's a marketing rebellion? Well, this is, uh, believe it or not, uh, my my eighth book now. And uh, whenever I write a book, I never have a, a plan to write a book. I, I write a book when I get curious about something and there's a question out there with my clients and my students that um, I just can't answer. And this time what was going on is, you know, when I went around the world in the days when I could go around the world, long, long time ago, like February, um, you know, I kept hearing the same thing, that that people were feeling like they were being left behind, they were overwhelmed, their marketing wasn't working like it used to. And I just saw this so predominantly that I thought, you know, there's there's something to this. And so I started to look into it. And my first theory was that technology was moving so fast 
that people were feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, I mean, that's part of it. But what I found was more profound. Um, what I found was that not only was technology moving ahead of us, but our customers have been moving ahead of us. Um, we've been sort of marketing in a groove. We iterate. We do a little bit better. Year by year, we improve our ads and we improve our SEO and our content and our storytelling incrementally. But meanwhile, our consumers have taken like a quantum shift away from us. They're, they've got the accumulated knowledge of the human race in the palm of their hand, and they know how to use it. And their expectations of us in our marketing is vastly different. So Marketing Rebellion really is a wake-up call to show that a lot of the things that we held dear and held sacred in marketing aren't working anymore, generally. And it's going to become even worse in the future. But most important, my book talks about, here's what we need to do instead. And the overarching sort of theme is that we need to have a more human-centered uh, approach to our marketing. You know, the, the, the short answer is that we, we, we can't keep up, really, unless mm -hmm. you are so focused on one small niche, let's say. Um, you could you could spend a, a lifetime just studying something like Instagram. So I think the the way to stay sane and functional in this kind of environment is to focus on the things that don't change. And that's what I try to emphasize in the book is that there are certain human needs and certain you know aspects of the way, that, that customers want to connect with companies that, that aren't going to change. They're never going to change. And so I th think that's where we can have a lot of optimism and a lot of resolve as marketers to focus on these important things that aren't going to change and do those really well and serve our customers those ways. And then, you know, f instead of being preoccupied with technology and and the next thing in our martech stack we focus on really serving our customers in these ways that they want to be served and then finding the technology that can do that best and you know of course we had scott brinker on the show and we talked about Mart the martech stack and there's so yeah. many people that's literally all they focus on and, and i did actually i think it was andrew lacy's over at rush tech who said you know what happens with technology? You buy a piece of technology and then something doesn't work and then you find another piece of technology that fixes that one problem and uh, yeah. then you find a new problem and then you just, it's like an ongoing cycle. So how do people want to connect with uh, with companies? I mean, we had uh, Deb um, Gabor on the show. Um, I don't remember if that was a live stream. It was. And she talked about the irrational loyalty, right, between brands and uh, and customers, but from your perspective, how do uh, how do we want to be treated as customers, and how and how do brands get there, and and, and what's the starting point? Well, yeah, it, that's that's a, that's a very big question because so much has has changed. But you know, I'll point to a few key um, statistics in in the research, and again, I want to emphasize that. 
the things that I talk about in the book, they're not my view of the world. You know, it's backed up by a lot of research and, and data from big companies like Accenture and McKinsey and, and Deloitte. But, you know, a key idea is that loyalty is in uh, decline, that about 87% of our customers are shop around customers now. And that's been an, a, a massive change just in the last 20 years or so. Trust is eroding between uh, customers and businesses, brands, and advertising. I think we see an, an unassailable trend that people don't want to see ads anymore. I mean, they're moving uh, in a massive way to streaming services like Spotify, uh, like uh, YouTube, like um, Netflix or, or Amazon Prime, or even you know the YouTube sub subscription service where we don't wanna see ads. If we see ads, the research shows most people don't believe them anyway. And so there was a important clue in the McKinsey research that said the main reason that loyalty is eroding is that marketers have lost their way. They've become too preoccupied with technology and they've lost sight that the fact that, that, that great branding is about creating an emotional connection between what you do and your customer. And too much attention is being uh, uh, going toward, you know, automation and algorithms and, you know, lead nurturing, uh, which is just a friendly way of saying, we're gonna keep bothering you until you block us. Um, using technology like robocalls, which is the worst possible scenario that you can you know, just put a customer in, right? And so what I, what I show in my book is that over time, if you, if you annoy customers and interrupt customers and, and abuse their time and their, and, their, and their privacy, they're going to rebel. And every time the consumers rebel, they win. So what we need to do is sort of understand where the customers are today and get ahead of the curve because they are going to win. And all these ways they're pushing back on us, they're going to go away. There's been a lot of things in the news, Christoph, about, you know, the angst and the drama of the new uh, privacy settings that Apple's going to be introducing that may jeopardize, a, you know, a lot of advertising techniques. Why are they doing it? They're not stupid. They're doing it because that's what the customers want. And, and that's what advertisers and marketers should have realized years ago and gotten ahead of the curve. So it's, it's fruitless to resist it. We have to understand it. We have to internalize it. And we need to find ways to connect with customers in ways that, that, that help them and serve them in the way they want to be served, not in you know our idea of what marketing should be about. You know, I totally agree with you. What's interesting about, um, you know, streaming services, I re most recently went back to satellite TV, but really only 
because I wanted to watch more sports, right? Which are coming back online now. Um, but again, you know, any other show I record and I watch, I fast forward through the commercials. I mean, I don't don't bother me. Um, so how do you move from um, making, as you call it, an advertising impression to making a human impression? How do you, I mean, how do you even get, I mean, it's harder and harder to get in front of people, right? I mean, that's, let's be honest. That's why we uh, broadcast this on five live channels, 17 podcast channels, and then we'll probably write an article. I mean, talk about, you know, that's what, 22 channels right there. Uh, how do you, how do you stay in front of people? How do you stay relevant if, um, it, you know, if they don't want to see your ad, but um, they might still want to connect with you down the road? Well, of course, that's really the major um, focus of the book is, you know, what what do we do next? And I think a major idea in the book is to not start with content, but really to start with place. So for the first, let's say, digital marketing has been um, a robust uh, sport for the last 10 or 12 years. And probably for the, for the first eight or nine of those years, our focus has been creating some kind of content and then finding some way to drag those people to our content, to drag those people to our website <clears throat> or make them click through in a way um, that will entice them to you know, see what we're doing. I think because of exactly what you're saying, Christoph, it's so exceedingly difficult to get people's attention today. We need to think in a different way and think about how do we make our content organic to their experience? And that starts with going where they are. Where do they assemble? Where do they organize? I talk about in the book this idea of customer islands. Today, you know, we're, you know, as we broadcast this, we're still in the teeth of the pandemic. But, you know, before the pandemic and after the pandemic, people will choose to assemble, uh, like-minded people will assemble uh, where they can meet and, you know, and connect with each other. You mentioned sporting events, right? Every time people come to a sporting event, they're creating a like-minded island, there's a lot of companies who are interested in that like-minded island. People do that online, too. I think the greatest value I receive today is through uh, Facebook groups where we find, you know, I, I connect on Facebook groups for people who write, for people who speak professionally, for people who travel a lot. And, and, and so, you know, one thought is, well, these are the people we want to sell to, right? We need to find the people who would be interested in what we do and then somehow become accepted on that island. And that might be mean being, you know, a member, being a participant, creating content that's helpful. Um, so I think it, it requires an entirely new mindset, to be honest with you, where we're not just broadcasting to people. And I know, you know, that's a lot of people sort of may, in, you know, they, they may recognize that. They may intuitively know that, but we're still doing it. The, today, 
The customer is the marketer. Two-thirds of our marketing is occurring without us. And marketing today means how do we get invited to that two-thirds? That's hard. It requires an entirely new way of thinking. I think an entirely new way of creating content and connecting and redefining really what engagement is. And I really don't think we have a choice because when I was a young guy starting out in business, it was probably 90-10 the other way. If you wanted to learn about our business and our products, you had no choice but to interact with our advertising. Today, it's two-thirds the other way. I could project, you know, I don't know, but maybe by 2025, it's going to be 90-10 the other way. So we don't have a choice but to understand this if we're going to remain relevant in our businesses. Yeah, so a quick question, a quick tangent here on Facebook groups. Uh, we did have an entire episode talking about Facebook groups. Eddie Garrison had some good insights. My opinion has been for a company, um, they're pretty worthwhile as a consumer or just a regular person. Most groups, I mean, they're, they're, don't never say never, right? But I think they're just a headache. People ask the same question over and over. People pick stupid fights. Mark, there was one group, nothing to do with business. But we had the Iowa hurricane come through here, right? The Iowa uh, Derrico or whatever it's called, and lots of damage. And one person um, created a group, and it uh, it was about um, uh, crime fighting during the Derrico because the cops couldn't do anything, right? And the first post was, "Come on my property, and I'll shoot you." And you know, and I'm like, for real, like literally, this is about not <laughs> not to get into gun control, but this is about not committing crimes, right? In a lot of groups, I've just had a bad experience with. What's your What's your tip or what's your uh, secret sauce there to have a good experience when it comes to Facebook groups? Well, I think the difference is group versus community. So your experience with the I Iowa vigilante, <laughs> that was a group. I mean, that wasn't a community. Um, you know, it probably formed for a week or so and then it went away. There are lots of examples, thousands of examples, where people are creating true community, not just people, um, but, you know, companies and brands. We're in a period in our world where we really have a belonging crisis. The more time that people spend on the Internet and on social media, the more lonely, the more isolated, the more depressed they feel. You know, our, our customers are crying out to belong. They want to connect with us. If you're a brand that people love, if you're a business that people love, um, your customers, they want to know what you do, what you stand for, how you're helping the community. Uh, they, they want you to peel back the curtain and, and talk about something more than, you know, automobiles or pizzas or car washes or whatever you make. And I think that there is truly an opportunity to create community. And that's, again, it's, it's, it's like-minded people usually sharing some common interest or common goal or a common cause. Uh, and it, look, it's, again, it's not easy. It, it takes work. Marketing really, you know, takes work. I think the days, they're not over, but the days are coming to a close where we just give money to an advertising agency 
and we wait for something to happen, that's going to continue to become less and less effective over time. And so we've literally got to roll up our sleeves and find new ways, you know, to show up. Uh, people don't want to hear about how great we are. Uh, you know, I think you and I had this conversation the last time I was on the show where we talked about this idea of, uh, you know, many content marketing gurus contend that um, great content begins with our narrative. It begins with our story. It begins with our why. And I think the truth of the matter is people don't really care about that. They care about their narrative. They care about their story. They care about their why, especially now in the middle of a crisis. And, and, and we need to make the customer the hero of our, of our marketing communications. And that is really a, a big idea in this, in this idea of human-centered marketing. And it, certainly, I, I can't disagree with you on that. And J.J. Um, Peterson, when he was on the show, we talked about that at length, too. You have, what's the problem you're solving for the customer, right? Same thing, what you're saying is you make them the hero. You're helping them do whatever they're doing. So obviously, we still have a lot of advertising happening out there, Mark. Uh, I saw, I listened to the, I think it was a Marketing O'Clock podcast. I, I love those guys. I think they're fun. Um, and they talked about Google changing something. You know, they're not showing you all the keywords anymore. And certainly they got a lot of reaction because a lot of people spend a lot of money on advertising and sometimes you can get it to work and sometimes it's a little harder. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be a challenge for some pe for some companies to really make that switch, right? And, and move more into the human impression versus, hey, uh, what campaigns do we run today? It's, a, it's, a, it's like a big question versus a much smaller question i mean is that what do you think of that well we're seeing it come true right before our eyes we're in a period right now where you know everyone i know is suffering in some way they're grieving the loss of being able to go to a pub or go watch a sporting event or work without having to homeschool your kids at the same time or, or, you know, not being able to see your elderly parents whenever you want. Our lifestyles have been disrupted. Our consumption patterns have been disrupted. The way we learn, the way we work, the way we entertain ourselves has been disrupted. Travel has been disrupted. It's, it's gone away. And so this calls for a time when, you know, companies have an opportunity to really get down in the trenches and serve. But what do we see, Christoph? We see these big companies who are unable to get off their marketing scripts. There was a video on YouTube called All Pandemic Marketing is the Same, right? And it showed boom, 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 boom. All these ads of all these companies, they had the same music, the same narration. They're saying the same words. The advertising has become so dumb. It's, it's, it's a meme, <laughs> So part of the answer to your question is uh, big companies who can't really get in touch with, with this humanity and the, and the true need of their customers, they're becoming laughingstocks. Now, the companies who, who don't just say, we're with you, now go buy one of our cars. The companies who are getting down in the trenches 
and and <clears throat> really serving people and helping people that are suffering. Those are the companies we're going to remember. <clears throat> those are the companies we're going to talk about and share, share with our friends. Those are the companies that will become legendary and will be loyal to those companies far beyond in any pandemic. Well, and certainly it is a long game, but, you know, marketing and content and, and really maybe everything, I think it has never been harder. You know, I mean, I grew up in journalism and uh, nobody ever asked me, Christoph, how is your article performing? And today journalists get asked that all the time. Uh, and, you know, some people would say I would never ask my I would never um, tell my children to think about becoming journalists. Do you think marketing is in and I I think it's still a, um, something people should consider if 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 they're good at that and, and have that drive but how about marketing i mean it it has like it has never been harder in my opinion and and also you have all these expectations right i mean andrea freirier when she was on here she asked the story of the um hourglass as soon as the cmo starts the hourglass turns over and starts ticking 18 months uh you know to get it done ah, and true and, <laughs> very true right and you need the and you have the first year you need the first year just to get through all the politics so what's what's your recommendation to people looking into into careers i mean are we still recommending to become marketers or communicators or you know any of those related um industries what do you think well you know it's a multi-dimensional question because you were asking me about cmos marketers and communicators and really, in a way, it's it's three different answers. Um, you know, I think CMO, the job of CMO is imperiled right now for exactly the reasons we've been talking about on this show, that the world is changing. And even if they know it's changing and they're taking action, the, the board of directors may not understand that. They have the same goals, the same dashboards, they want to increase sales on a quarterly basis or a monthly basis. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily, you know, create a lockstep plan with what consumers really want today. Now, what about the role of marketers? I, I personally think there's never been a more fascinating time to be in marketing. I mean, it is just amazing. It is, I find it exciting. I find it incredibly rewarding. It's really hard, but when it works, I mean, it, there's nothing better. Um, it's, you know, marketing always has been and always will be sort of the front lines of the business. Uh, you know, Peter Drucker said it best. He said, you know, everything in a company is marketing and innovation. All the other departments are overhead because if you're not <laughs> creating customers and innovating to keep customers, you, you know, you're not going to have any money. In terms of your question around communicators, you know, that's a complicated you know, issue. I think right now the world is so hungry. They're, they're insatiable for content. Um, there, there have never been more you know, actors and writers and musicians and videographers employed you know, any time in, in the entire history of the world. So... Um, where is that all going to go? Are we going to, you know, come to a point where that's finally so saturated that it starts to go the other way? I don't know, but I'm optimistic. 
That's all we can do. It, it certainly is an interesting time, but I, I do agree with the, the comment about the exciting times. There's just so much to learn. And I mean, every time you turn around, there is a new technology you could try, you know, virtual reality podcasting. I mean, think about what we're doing right now. Had you said, you know how we did a live stream to five channels five years ago? We put up five devices (laughs) in front of us, right? And uh, guys, I want to remind you, we are live streaming. And, you know, interestingly, I mentioned Twitch earlier. We do have viewership on Twitch. So, that is, I'm slightly surprised, but thanks for um, tuning in from there. Uh, of course, if you're listening on the podcast channels, feel free to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, ctrap.online forward slash LinkedIn. Mark, hopefully um, people take heart and, uh, you know, try to create that human connection. Do you think it's not going to be an overnight uh, process, I assume? Well, the thing that's been so encouraging to me, Christoph, is that um, my book sort of has started a rebellion. Uh, I have quite a number of companies who have come to me and said, you're right. We're embracing your book and we're moving, we're moving in this direction. One of them is a fortune 100 company who's now sort of having me as an advisor to say, help us, you know, how do we make these changes? Um, and, and they're committing to not just marketing changes, but really cultural changes that will would enable this. So the impact of the Marketing Rebellion book has wildly exceeded my greatest expectations because it's not just a, a book that people learn from and enjoy. It is, it's having a true impact on significant businesses around the world and small businesses and entrepreneurs and uh, so, again, you know, I'm optimistic because I see it happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you kind of had it embedded there. They're looking to make a cultural change. I mean, a lot of these changes, they really come back to having some kind of culture change, right, to, to work together. I mean, is that true, correct? Well, one of my favorite quotes in the book came from a, an entrepreneur in Boston, and he said, uh, I realized that the culture is the marketing because eventually the things that are happening in your company, the the way you operate your company, the things that you do in, in, in public in response to opportunities and problems, those are the stories that are going to be told, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the narratives that are going to enter the two thirds and become your brand. So he, you know, I think very wisely, this entrepreneur said, if I don't get the culture right, I don't get the marketing right. And if you've got a culture that's still operating with a 1980s mindset, that's the story that's going to be told in public. And, uh, you know, eventually you're going to be in trouble. Right. And that's that is actually one of the the quickest ways to ruin your marketing career. Right. If you do. Um, really good marketing, but it's not authentic or the company can't hold up to it. Certainly, that's not a good experience. Mark, of course, Mark's book, you can check it out. If you're watching on the live stream, you've seen the link on the screen the whole time. Uh, ctrap.online forward slash Mark, M-A-R-K, goes right over to his Amazon page and you can you can order it there. Uh, lots, of, lots of positive reviews, so probably uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, Mark, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate you sharing your insights. 
My pleasure. Thanks for being so well prepared and, and asking great questions as the host, Christoph. You bet. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Thank you.